BetMGM has an unreal deal for sports fans in Virginia. Turn $5 into $150 instantly when you place your first wager at BetMGM. Simply download the BetMGM app and sign up using code CHAMPION150. Then, place a $5 wager on any sport. You'll receive $150 in bonus bets, regardless of your wager's outcome. And if you think the fun stops there, the king of sportsbooks has plenty of surprises in store. Check out daily promotions, same game parlays, live bets, and so much more. Download the app in Virginia today and get $150 in bonus bets instantly from your first wager only at BetMGM. BetMGM and GameSense remind you to play responsibly. See BetMGM.com for terms. 21 plus only. Virginia only. New customer offer. Subject to eligibility requirements. Rewards are non-withdrawable bonus bets that expire in seven days. Please gamble responsibly. Gambling problem? Call 1-800-GAMBLER. Promotional offer not available in Washington, D.C. There'd be a lot of poop in my hands. (laughs) (laughs) Seeing a six-foot alligator go swinging through the air and slam into a tree. These guys are the scientists of the supernatural, lecturers leaving lessons for inquiring laymen. They are applying the scientific method to a world that baffles science. They are the cryptids of the corn. But who else has big black wings and red eyes? Um, Batman. Oh, Mothman. Oh yeah, Mothman. A great white shark was stolen. Oh, someone stole a shark? I got stuff for you you don't even know about. She's a witch. She turned me into a newt. Who knows? Anything could be possible. Anything could be possible. It's really big Mm -hmm. abduction vibes. Holy moly. It sounds like you were abducted. And it just stood up. I mean, it just like kept going and going. And she goes, what the... Welcome back to Cryptids of the Corn Podcast. I am the great and powerful Mr. E. And I'm Clone 31 and you sounded like uh, like Macho Man or something. And today, we're going to tell you the story of Mel Waters. Oh yeah, Mel Waters. I don't know what I was going for. <clears throat> I don't know either. Like if an anteater could talk, I was going for that voice. Okay, that makes a lot of sense. <laughs> <laughs> no, so this week, uh, as you've heard on the, well, you haven't heard them yet, but uh, we record in, I don't know, I'm sure we've talked about this, we record in, record in reverse for some odd reason. It's just the way it's always, it's just happened, yeah. developed into it. So this week is all softball episodes, is what I'm calling them. Very little research, just kind of one or two articles uh, because we're right in between, we just ended the Big Mothman saga, which was heavily researched, and... They're going to be hearing us say this all week. Yeah, and we're getting ready to do the season finale, which I'm working on. I've been working on for about a week and a half. Exciting stuff, people. So, I just wanted an easy week. So these these are going to be a little less researched than we normally do. Uh, but have you you said, you have you ever heard of Mel's Hole? Mel's Hole, so that's our, our topic yes, of discussion. Yes, Mel's Hole. Um, so I think we've discussed it a few times on this show, just in passing, but we never obviously did a deep dive in it. Uh, the only thing I know about it, it was a farmer with owned some land, and on this land, he had a hole, and in this hole, they would just dump a bunch of garbage into. Yeah, we'll get to the, the whole story. Ah, I get it. 
But yeah, that's the extent. That's my knowledge of Mel's Hole. That's all I know. Uh, one thing I did want to bring up before we get rolling is Colleen Farrow. Or sorry, Caroline Farrow. The words are really tiny in my phone. Uh, brought up a, what did, what did I call it? A correction from the Mothman, the very last episode of that. Okay. About the neutrino experiments that were underground. The reason they were underground was to stop interference with like cosmic radiation, basically. Okay. So I just wanted to say that, that she had brought up a correction very nicely and it was fine. Um, I'm not a physicist. I was reading the experimental stuff right off the website for that part. This is the one in, in Chicago or yeah, the one that's... the Fermilab. Okay. Talking about Fermilab with some of their experiments. All right. And I was reading right off the website that made no sense to me. So I just wanted to say that. Colleen reached out, so thank you. Thank you, Colleen. Caroline, Colleen. Carol, sorry, oh my gosh. Caroline. Whichever one you are. You know. Caroline. You know who you are. Sorry. I'm so bad with names. Uh, but moving on to Mel's Hole. So, yes, and I have an article we're going to read and go through that, that put the story together. And there's a lot more to this story than what we're going to cover today in an hour-ish. Uh, because you can really go in the rabbit hole which, <laughs> with Mel's hole. This just ain't going to stop, is it? No. It's just because there's a lot of hole puns. Holy moly. Ah! There we go. Oh, that's why you said that last yes. week. Last or this week, morning. This morning. Yeah, it's... Last week for people, this morning for us. Everything gets mushed together. Somewhere in the wilds of Washington State is a bizarre (laughs) geological anomaly that is locals believe may be the gateway to another dimension. While legends of the Devil's Hole allegedly go back for decades, if not centuries, the public at large did not become aware of this phenomenon until 1997, when legendary radio host and paranormal enthusiast Art Bell invited a man named Mel Waters to be interviewed on his globally globally ranked radio show, Coast to Coast AM. Mm-hmm. So that's where we're going to get our start. So that's where Mel's Mel Waters. It started in 1997? The story did. Yeah. Uh, yes. Okay, that's very current, modern. Yeah. So Mel Waters is a captivating character who claimed to own an unusual piece of property located near Manistash Ridge in Washington. The property, which is adjacent to the Yakaman firing range. I think that's how you say that. I've heard it. Yakaman? 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 I don't know. It's a you know firing range by the Harford uh, Nuclear Reserve Reservation. Was in itself nothing special, but situated on an isolated portion of acreage and the geologically irregular, uh, a hole to be specific, which was said to bear strange and arcane attributes that could only be found at one other place on Earth. Where would that be? We'll get to there. Oh, okay. So this place was located adjacent to a firing range? The Yakiman Firing Range, which is on Harford Nuclear Reservation. So are they testing nuclear weapons here? I No, I don't think so. Okay. What's think, nuclear reservation mean then? Okay. I think it's storing waste, if I had to guess. They're probably throwing waste in the hole. Well, yeah. It's one way to get rid of it. Oh, that's the other one they're talking about, huh? It's the one in, like, Nevada. Well, slow down. All right. Slow down. All right. Sorry. For decades, resident of Manistash Ridge region talk about what is the most unusual aspect of their sparring landscape in their hometown. Hidden nearby in the densely forested parcel of private property was what seemed to be a bottomless well that was surrounded by an aura of mystery and danger. Mm-hmm. 
So it was just weird. So all the kind of locals knew about this whole. They was hidden out in the forest. Everybody kind of knew about it. Just deep, but yeah. deep cave or what? No, just a straight hole in the ground. Right. They thought it was a well at first. Yeah. But it's yeah. Well, okay. So this unfathomably deep pit was said to be about nine feet in diameter, and was shored up by hand by placed bricks at a depth of nearly fifteen feet until it gave way to the earthen walls. So it had a ream around it. Okay. It was placed there. They don't think it was dug and then placed. They just the locals placed this for safety. Okay. To keep in because the edges of these holes were very weak and they'll kind of cave in and yeah, you'll uh, fall in. That's actually how I hurt my back when I first started dating Emily. Was oh from, yeah, not from a cave but an opening, and I was standing a couple feet away from it. And it just gave away and I fell. So it does, you know, it's for safety. The hole was known for locals for generations and for Native Americans before then. And it's been used as an unofficial dumping ground for everything from defect refrigerators to old tires, television, livestock, and pet carcasses. Jeez. Everybody throws stuff in the hole. What disturbs those unutilized and illegal dumping grounds most was the fact that no matter how heavy an object was being discarded into the hole, it would be tossed into the void and never hit bottom. So it became kind of a fun thing for teenagers to do is drag a refrigerator through the forest, throw it in the hole, and wait for it to hit bottom, and it never would. Just never does. They just never hear it, or what? Yeah, pretty much. That led some to believe that its supernatural inclination in the region was dubbed the place the Devil's Hole. And rumors quickly spread from the never-ending crater tunneled in direct territory to Hades, making it, in effect, a highway to hell. Hmm. Just like the song. Who knew so, that song was about Mel's Hole? Mm-hmm. In September of 2008, the intertribal medicine man, by the moniker of Red Elk, who let or who legal's name is uh, Gerald Osborne, okay, appeared on the radio show and had claimed to have visited the I can never say that enigmatic, enigmatic, yes, hole, and his father as a young boy in 1961. According to Red Elk, the hole was well known to the indigenous people as well as the locals and federal authorities that was believed to be an unbelievable 24 to 28-mile depth. Okay, believed. They don't know, though, because we never, we've never been that deep in the earth ever. Mm-hmm. So or have we? Not publicly, no. But no, so... We've never made it through the Red crust. Red Elk said he'd been there when he was a kid, and it was well-known by the indigenous people, yes. the authorities, and the locals. The mess man also speculates the pit serves as a tunnel which connects Mount Rainier to what is might be associated with both UFOs and the veil, the quasi-reptilian entities that allegedly dwell deep within the bowels of the earth, mm. known as the reptoids. So he thinks it's connecting Mount Rainier to basically the hollow earth okay. with the reptoids. Scary. A Washington native by the name of Jack Nickel also claimed to stumble across the devil's hole while exploring the region as a teenager. Other folks who stumble across it, the site notice an eerie sensation that would wash over them as they neared the pit. They also noted that birds and other uh, <laughs> other carcasses, I'm sorry, other creatures seem to give an like alleged evil hole a wide berth at the rim of the pit was lined with bones of small animals. Mm. So animals wouldn't get close to it. People trying to use horseback to get to it. Horses wouldn't go near it. Yeah. All this stuff. And then the rim of the pit was always littered with bones. Odd. Mm-hmm. Question so far? Uh, no, not so far. Over the years, visitors would come and go, 
but none of them would make a mark quite as deep as the next owner of the property, a man named Mel Waters. All right, here comes Mel's time. Mm -hmm. Waters, who had claimed that he and his wife bought the property sometime in 1993, discovered the salt hole soon afterwards, much like those who'd came before him. They used it as a rubbish bin. Right, why not? It wouldn't be long, however, before it became irresistibly drawn to the strange hole. In particular, Waters became fascinated with it, its unexplainable ability to devour all that was thrown within it. In his own words, Well, so, we've been here for several years. We just take all of our trash and rubbish there. Anything we have got to, that we have to get rid of is taken to and just thrown in the hole. Everything thrown in there is stuffed into the hole. The people from the area throw all their stuff into the hole. I mean, it's just been going on and on for so long. Well, I just got to thinking one day, how come the hole is not filled up yet? It must be an awfully deep hole. You think? Mel's, a, Mel's an interesting man. And now, I'm, if he were smart, like if he was a real, uh, uh, what's the right word, capitalist maybe? I'd say, oh, dump. Dump anything here for a dollar. Just dump whatever you want. He could have been making big bank off this hole. Well, he wanted to start experiments next. Mm. So he had he, he had the mind about it. He wanted to start running kind of his own version of experiments. His first one is in the summer of 1996. Waters decided his first experiment would be by his own admission. As an avid marine angler, Waters had a plethora of high-test fishing line. So in the effort to discern the depth of the pit... He rigged a line in the center of the opening. So basically, he put like a little like a little pulley there. Yep. And attached a, a rather large triangular one-pound standard fishing weight. So he's using it as a big plumb bob. Yep. Yeah. They explained to all the young people what a plumb bob is. <laughs> um, a weight on the end of a string. The only reason I know what it is is because when Dad built our house. He used a plumb bob? Yeah. Ah, smart. Because me and Luke would hit each other with it. Yeah. <laughs> it's a weight on the end of a string basically to show, think, you know, you get a straight... Line level, yeah. you know, straight up and down. But yeah, basically that's it, Plum Bob. Old, <laughs> old school Some of the young people listening to the show may have no, no idea, idea what that is. I, I wouldn't, like I said, I wouldn't if it, if it wasn't for dad building our house. I don't know if I've ever seen one in practice, like practically being used. I wouldn't know how to use one. Yeah. Anyway, so he did this. He put this big weight, started lowering it, and it lowered it into the black depths of the hole. It never reached bottom. Waters attached spool after spool after spool to each other but it always seemed to thwart his attempts to find the base of the pit. He even took a tying to a roll of lifesavers to the end of the line to see if there was water at the bottom of the hole. But the candy always returned topside dry as a bone. So he did the hmm. lifesavers so they would dissolve in right. the water. Yeah. Because he was kind of thinking, after he was doing this, uh, the one one place I found it said 10,000 feet. There's others that say 80,000 feet. We'll get it. But he was kind of thinking, maybe it's too deep. I can't hear it. I'm actually hitting water. Water, right. And that's kind of, you know, messing with it. So I'll put lifesavers on the very end and just kind of see, you know, Comes up what? And they weren't to his omission. Which is kind of crazy, though, because you would imagine the whatever water table, you would hit water eventually. It, it depends on what the tunnel... It, it, there's a lot of, yeah. Factors, yeah. Mm -hmm. Eventually, determine the death of the mystery pit would become an obsession with waters. The last guy we really talked about this deep obsession fought a turtle. To get to this level, it didn't end well obsession. with him. Yeah, waters, waters, and in, in uh, oh gosh, I can't remember the Beast of Churubusco, the guy's name. I can't either. But they, they would be, they would get along. That's season one stuff. Season one stuff, episode like four. Yeah. 
Uh, so yeah. So Waters became obsessed, even to the, uh, the destruction of his own marriage. After spending countless hours spooling out extraordinarily 18 reels of 500 foot line or 5,000 foot line, 20 pound test coming up empty handed, he became to the conclusion the hole must exceed the 80,000 feet hmm. in depth. That's wow. What a hole. And it's like 10 and a half miles. That's pretty, it's just no way. Don't they have the deepest? Seven and a half miles. We'll talk about the, the borehole bore hole in the Russia. Russia. Bore hole. Yeah. And the reason that stopped is because they or they hit stuff that they weren't expecting to hit. And wasn't it like too, it was getting too hot and too it much was, pressure? It was hot and much more like pudding than they were expecting at that depth. Yeah. And they could hear like people screaming. Yeah. Which could be gases or whatever. Right. Yeah. So, so far, what do you got? You got a really deep hole. If you want to believe yeah. waters, which we'll talk about here in a little bit. Yeah. It's 80,000 feet or more, which is, you know, that 10 and a quarter, yeah. half-ish miles. I mean, it had to be used for something. There had to be some practical use for it if they were going to align it with bricks and stuff and protect you know people from being around it. So if I just stopped the story right there, what would you think was the whole? If let's say Mel's Waters is one hundred percent accurate, and he's believable at this point in the story, what would you say the hole was? It just have to be some deep cavern like into the earth. That's... The only thing I could think of at this point in the story would be a volcano vent. Ooh, okay, there you go. Somehow it's it didn't get filled. Yeah. You know, from an old, you know, we're talking about out west. There are a lot of volcanoes. Right. Uh, literally, he's right in Mount Rainier. All this, you know, is active, still some active volcanoes. Well, yeah, we just, I mean, not in our lifetime, but, or was it? No, it wasn't our life. Mount St. Helens. No, it was the 70s, right? 70s or 80s. Yeah, whenever it was, it was before us. But close. So the only thing I can think of is it's a volcanic shaft and going to the mantle. So it's literally why it's being, it's not activating the water table is maybe an obsidian. And it coated the it hole. It coated the hole. Yeah. So it's keeping everything out, and it's incredibly dense material, hard material. <sighs> As That's my only thing right now. Yeah. It doesn't stop there, though, at all. Okay. It was then when Waters discovered the hole had an extraordinary and freak, frankly terrifying properties. Oh, okay, like what? We're going to talk. The next chapter is called The Dead Dog and the Deathly Science. Silence. Okay. The first thing he noticed was the fact that whenever he would shout down into the hole or the well, it would be no echo. Hmm. Which is super weird. Waters also noted that his own dogs dug their paws into the dirt and prevented them from getting anywhere near, near the hole. He would have to drag them to get there. Just like all the other animals. Mm -hmm. According to Waters, well, I mean, the normal thing to do is kind of like yell into the hole and see if it echoes. But it never heard an echo coming out of that thing. It was one thing first I noticed about it. I usually brought the dogs with me, and they wouldn't go anywhere near the damn thing. And I went back to the suburb, the suburban, and hung out there. If I was trying to bring them there on a leash, they just dig their feet in. I don't. They do not want to go anywhere near that hole. Right. What's well, a sacrificial hole? They know. Trust dogs. As if the death of the echoes and whimpering guard dogs weren't creepy enough, according to Waters, there was a fellow there who claimed his dead dog was resurrected at Stephen King Classics Pet Cemetery. So this guy throws his dead dog into the hole. He tossed the remains. You know, people were throwing right. stuff. So he, after he tossed the canine's remains into the devil's hole, in Waters' own words, he said, This is a completely anecdotal story, but one guy claimed he threw his departed canine down the hole. The guy then did swear that the dog actually came back to him. He was a hunter, 
and was out there hunting when he saw the same dog with the same collar and the same little metal tag on his collar there, and he said it was the same dog. And he said that he knew all the same things, and that it, he knew it was the same dog he had thrown into the hole. The tale of the resurrected dog had such an effect on Wanders that he claimed that instructions were incorporated into his will that remains that, that his remains should be deposited into the pit following his demise. Mel? Yeah. So he wants to come back from the dead. Once he can only hope to be resurrected by his benefactors or the local authorities should have better judgment whether that day occurs. Hmm. Uh, do you know the answer to that? We'll get to it. Okay. So what's your thoughts so far? So it sounds like uh, someone had dumped a bunch of their soundproofing equipment into the hole, so whenever you yell into it, it just absorbs all the sound. That explains that real easy. So I've been in some of these caves, yeah, like down in Tennessee and stuff like that. They have super weird acoustical properties. Oh, yeah. So that part I can get around. Yeah. I mean, obviously I was joking. I know, I know. I'm just saying that. <laughs> Cause it, but it is weird, right? You should expect an echo. Something, yelling yeah, that's like normal, that. I would say. Or, I guess there's some way. I'm not a big acoustical person, even right. though we do this stuff. I have no freaking idea. No, it's it's a lot to wrap your mind around if you're not into that field. Uh, the resurrecting dog is a weird one. That one's really odd. I'm trying to read Mel's words word for word. Yeah. And the way he talks is a little hard for my disability brain. A little too country bumpkin. Yeah, well, he uses the same words very quickly. Yeah. And it confuses me. Gotcha. Just so everybody knows. Hmm. I am mentally disturbed. What? I said I am mentally disturbed. This you or the story? Me. Okay. But the dog thing. The yeah. same dog, same collar, same tag, pet cemetery-esque. That has been spewed everywhere. Like, But even to Mel's own account, it's anecdotal. Right. Even him telling the story. And now we're only getting the story from Mel. Oh. So it's like fifth-hand anecdotal. Yeah, so you don't, uh, you can't really take that one with any, uh, yeah, take that with a big grain of salt. I mean, he took it enough to write it down, to write it down and uh, put it in his will. Yeah. To be thrown into the hole. I mean, it's pretty extraordinary claim to, that happens on your property in your hole that if you want to believe it, you're going to, I guess. I don't know. The only thing I can say about that. So now let's get to the next chapter. Water hits the airwaves. In the winter of 1997, Water sent an F- a fax to a man who was, at the time, the uh, dismanager of paranormal information, radio presenter, and Coast to Coast host, uh, Art Bell. Bell became intrigued by the Waters and his never-ending hole. Just the n- titles of some of this stuff makes me laugh. I know, it's pretty funny. The never-ending hole on February 21st, 1997. Waters was invited to speak on Art Bell's hugely popular late night program. I mean, that's what we're like. Art Bell is just the granddad of everything that we're doing, the field we're in. Yeah, pretty much. I mean, there's nobody else. He's like the founder. I mean, he made he made a lot of the paranormal able to be talked about. Oh yeah, I mean, coast to coast is it's still going on, right? Yeah. Oh yeah. Yeah. Oh yeah. And but he is the the name associated yeah. with it all. So. So yeah, he was he was invited. So Bell and Waters discussed some of the more salacious secrets, though not precise, or uh, the actual calculated location of the Devil's Hole. It soon became apparent that millions of listeners were enthralled by Waters and his unusual tale. Within a few short hours of his widely captivating, graduated from a local legend to legitimate paranormal phenomena, the story was prov- or proved so popular that Waters again spoke with Art Bell just three nights later. Mm. So he was such a 
A hit. Yeah, a hit. He had to come back on. Yeah. That may be, when we get to later stories, that may be a part of some of the questions. And some of the claims, perhaps? Yes. Yeah. Is the story grows dramatically from here. And once you get a taste of the, the limelight, it's like, whoa, this happened too. And this happened. Mm-hmm. Uh, have you heard any of the recordings of him? Yeah. yeah oh, you have? Yeah. Okay. What's it sound like? I think I'm doing a fair job. As far as? My rendition of him. Okay. I'll try to put a little more accent on it if you really want. I mean, I'm, I, I guess not more. I meant. Does what he sound he believable? Say? Yes. We'll talk about that later. Okay. That's at the end kind of question. All right. All right. We, we got a lot to get through. I'm on like page four of like 30. Hmm. Well, okay, I guess. So within months of appearing on Coast to Coast, Water in the Devil's Hole, which soon became redubbed as Mel's Hole by Bell's infamous fan base, would gain a significant amount of notoriety. Waters claimed that he had possessed a, he beset by a series of odd events not long after he went public with information regarding his hole. Mm. <laughs> so, yes, I know it's funny. So he's like, yeah, as soon as I came on air... His, his life started coming apart. Now, it could be real or it could not be real. You know, it's right. up for you guys at home to really decide. But to, for his sake, it does make sense. This is very small to a local legend. Right. And then he went on the most popular show. National show. Ever. Yeah. For this stuff. So let's say that, you know, I know for 100%, the government's always listening into Coast to Coast. Right. For this stuff. Right. To find, to find little pieces and whatever you want to believe, Man in Black or whatever. So that would make sense for the next part of the story. Okay. That it, for a positive for Mel, that that's how come maybe some of these entities got involved. Right. Was because he went live. He was telling secrets he shouldn't have been. Yeah, exactly. And the government may not have known that this one was there. Yeah. We'll talk about the other hole later. Okay. Uh, that the government did know about. Yeah. So, yeah, they're just, just trying to play devil's advocate for Waters because it gets kind of weird. So I went public regarding his hole. The first strange incident occurred while Waters was on his own property en route to the Devil's Hole. Waters planned to continue his research, but he suddenly stopped by a pair of men, identifying themselves as government agents. These agents were one was in plain clothes, and the and the second one was in military regalia. Informed him that there had been a plane crash nearby in the area, and they had cordoned off right by the hole. Hmm. So he gets stopped. And I've heard this one told by him. I've heard it told by other people. Basically, these guys, it's right at the hole. The hole is the only thing cordoned off. Okay. There's no record of a plane crash. There's no smoke being seen. There's nothing there. Just the hole. But he got stopped on his own property saying he cannot continue. Mm-hmm. And this, these two guys sound familiar. I had deja vu like from another oh, story. No, the one in uniform. Yeah. One in plain clothes. Yeah. Project Blue Book. Is that where we... Well, that's a lot of that, because uh, Heinrich was always in plain clothes. Yeah. Or dressed well, but, you know, plain clothes. And the, the well, the whatever, the military guy he always had with him, I can't remember his name, was always fully dressed. In his regalia. But that's happened with other things, too. Tons of these stories we've covered have that typical kind of thing. The one guy from the government and what seems to be a scientist. Okay. You know, that kind of deal. Yeah. So, yeah, get stopped. The plainclothes further stated that no one but military personnel would be allowed in the restricted area. Waters then noticed the men wearing yellow hazmat suits milling around behind the trio that were blocking his way. Waters argued 
but was then again denied access to his own property. He demanded that he be let him pass, and that's when the so-called agents got down to brass tacks. According to Waters, the agents proceeded to inform him that if he did not follow their instructions, he would be falsely accused and arrested of concealing a whole meth lab on his property. It was presumed that the evidence of the lab would have been manufactured if necessary. So he claims that after he's like, no, I'm going on my whole, I'm going on my property. I know you you guys, if you continue this, Mel, we're going to get you in prison forever for concealing meth labs back here on your property. Mm -hmm. We'll make it, you know, and everybody listening to the show probably agrees. The government's not the best people. Oh, no. Just, and they have falsely imprisoned many, many a soul. Uh, if anyone, especially someone like in law enforcement or whatever, wants you in prison, they can find a way to put you in prison. And like uh, we talked about it last week with Al Capone, or two weeks ago, I can't remember now. With Al Capone, he got put away for tax evasion. Right. <laughs> oh, that's a lovely. Excuse me, I'm sorry. I couldn't fight it. I tried. So it goes without saying that the military officers from the area wholeheartedly deny such allegations. Ken Cooper, a spokesman for the Army's uh, training center that's right around the corner. Okay. The Yucca Men or whatever. Dismissed the entire incident completely uh, to the Tri-City Herald in 1997. And here's what he says. What I understand is the Ellismer guy said that he had some property on Mush- or Man in the Stash Ridge, and he was going up there to visit it and was stopped by soldiers. The Army is not hiding an aviation accident, nor an 80,000-foot deep pit. We're just training just like we always do. Oh, okay. Yes. So he fully, he says, no, no, we didn't do anything like that. He must have seen guys out training because he does live right beside the kind of the base. Right. And there's not a hard property line, right? So, you know, accidents happen, walking over. Right. So it just so happens to be. I'm just saying that he could be like, the guys could have thought he was on the military's property. Okay. And that's why they were so aggressive towards him. Towards, yeah, like get off, we're doing something here. Yeah. Yeah. Just saying, playing devil's advocate for everybody. Right. What if they were doing like a like a plane crash retrieval practice exercise? Exactly. You know? And it just so happens to take place where this magic hole mm-hmm. was located. So while this may be the case, one can't dismiss the possibility that the deniers are being held up for a high authority or that assuming that the classical blacks ops, Cooper and his cohorts simply aren't in the know of the incident. So that's the article kind of saying that Cooper may not have known anything. And that happened a lot. You yeah. go back to Project Blue Book stuff, which next season, guys, you'll get some more Project Blue Book stuff. To where a lot of the military bases were being attacked or not attacked, tested by other military branches. Okay. Like some of the UFOs that were being seen on these military bases were other military branches testing their own guys. Just see how they'd react yeah. or what? Okay. Yeah, for that kind of stuff, for Project Blue Book kind of okay. stuff. Uh, so that's where they're saying Cooper may not have known anything. It could have been testing to see how good the, the training ground, the base was being, you know, guarded. Right. Yeah. As these, you know, black ops guys were sneaking in, which does happen in the U S military. So regardless of the vicinity of whether Cooper or Waters statement, the letter claimed, Oh, sorry. Yeah. So the letters claim the following, the threats of the agents were made even stranger. The, yeah, they even made an extremely lucrative offer to Waters. If Waters agreed to lease the government his property in perpetuity, he would be given a hefty monthly stipend of... It's just 1997? Mm-hmm. 
You get a monthly stipend. Monthly. $2,000. $250,000 a month. Holy smokes. Holy. This was just one caveat. He had to leave the country immediately. (laughs) What? So they got to lease his property in perpetuity, which for everybody at home means forever. Forever. And he gets $250,000 a month for the rest of his life. But he has to leave the country immediately, and he's not allowed to return to the property. Well, I guess I would have taken the deal. Yeah, I would have too. I'd be in Australia. I'd be in Italy, or I'd be in uh, Antarctica. I'd be in India. Oh, no, maybe not India. Maybe India. I don't know. I'd be all over. I could visit. We just talked about this already this week once. I could visit India if I brought my own food. Right, if you brought your own food. that My allergies are just too much. Yeah. Oh, I'd be anywhere, but in my whole... So what did Waters do? He said no. So Water, whose marriage had just ended extremely badly due to the whole, against bucking the system, and, ex- and he did accept the offer. Oh, he did accept it. Okay. Mm-hmm. A lover of wildlife, Water used the generous leasing fees to, <laughs> to start, get this, a wombat rescue operation for the next two years when he lived fairly continuously life in Australia. Oh, so he did what you said. That's what I would have done. And he even started, and this was real. He had, there's documents to prove that there was, he had a wombat rescue operation. Nice. At success as he was down under, Waters had finally overwhelmed by homesickness in December of 2000. He boarded a plane and against specific orders from unknown representatives of the U.S. government returned to the States. Once there, things would take an extremely frightening turn. Oh, no. Uh, if you take the money, first off, you have to, you have to do what they say. Right. You have to. Yeah. Just everybody at home, if you ever find a Bigfoot body, you sign the or contract. If you killed a gray or something, and the government offers you money first and you take it, you have to do it. Right. You Because there's no it. second chances. Right. You can only, like, yeah. So he comes back. What do you think happens? I just yeah. like asking you these questions. They probably murdered him. Well, he's still, he's talking. Is he still alive today? We'll get there. Okay. But, uh, yeah, they probably are attempted murder. First off, his liberal leasing fees were immediately cut off, indicating that Waters had been under constant surveillance. The second he landed down, he checked his money, it's all gone. Mm. They knew it. They knew he left the country mm-hmm. the second he left the country. So he's like, okay, they're washing me. Secondly, while riding a bus to Olympia, Washington, soon after his plane touched the ground in America, Waters testified that he had witnessed a dispute between a fellow passenger and a police officer. The officer allegedly removed Waters from the bus under the pretenses that he had been assigned a police officer's statement confirming what he had seen. So basically the cop's saying, there's a fight on, fight with a passenger and a cop. Okay. The cop's saying, you have to come with me to sign basically what you've seen. Oh, okay. So it was coercion. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. That would be the last thing that he would remember for almost two weeks. Wow, okay. Yeah, it's not good. Waters swore the next thing he could recollect was stumbling across San Francisco in a stupor no less than 12 days after he had been removed from the bus with no clue of how he got there. He further asserted that he had been physically beaten and his rear molars had been ex- or had been extracted during his blackout. Wow. As if all that weren't enough to send conspiracy theorists into a tizzy, Waters further claimed that he had an IV tracker put into his arm. This convinced him that he had been drugged by the police or more likely the government agents dressed as a police officer. Right, some three-letter agency. So he goes on Art Bell, talks about that. I got a really deep hole. Government says, hey, plane crash on your property. 
no, 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 that's not it. You let me on my property. Hey, you know what? You're right. It's something weird with your property. We're going to lease it from you. 250,000 bucks a month. You can just only one rule. Only one rule. Got to leave the country forever. Hmm. All right, I'll go open a wombat rescue operation. Yeah, smart man. I like wombats. Good man. That's not really what it sounds like, but in my head. I miss home. I come back. Get there. Police officer, 12-day blackout. Every bruise on your body, and you're missing your back molars. Yeah, odd. I've been very drunk in my life. I've never lost a tooth. I have. Oh. But it was in my pocket. Oh, all right. (laughs) No, I've never lost a tooth drunk. I was going to say, what tooth? No, I I do have two fake teeth, but they're not from that. Didn't know that. Yep. Now you know. The more you know. Yeah, they, they were... They ever take my teeth for DNA testing like they did with Waters? I hope it's that one. Why? Because what's the... There's what? nothing in it. Oh, I was going to say. What? It's just that, like, whatever the fake tooth material is. It's some, like, canine tooth you had installed? Exactly. Or a fish tooth? I think it was... I think it's a sunfish tooth. Yeah. Washington had hippo teeth. Hmm. Made a hippo ivory. Okay. As if life weren't already enough of it in a tailspin for Waters, he soon found himself not only had... Uh, Siphon been suspended, but all of his other assets had been frozen, and the Australian rescue facility had been dismantled in the 12 day period. Perplexed and fearing for his own life, Waters phoned his nephew, who wired him enough cash to get a bus back back to uh, Manistash Ridge. Oh, to go back to the hole. Yeah. He's going back to ground zero. He's already lost everything. Yeah, why not? They they shot the wombats in the head. (laughs) You know, they did. It's like the federal agents, the second there's a dog on a property, it's dead. Shooting it, yeah. When they go to dismantle the uh, wombat rescue. Oh, my gosh. Wombats don't do nothing to nobody. No, they just look at you, you funny. Dead. Silencer. A whole bunch of dead wombats. They're going to throw this man in the hole. We have a lot of Australian listeners. Yeah. I want somebody to find something related to this wombat rescue. Oh, if you got like a flyer, a banner... If you mail it to me, I will make it well worth your while. Ooh, tasteful. Never mind. I mean, if they want, I mean, <laughs> I'll make anything worth your while. So he was. He was going back to the hole. Once back to his property, Waters was served with a lot of legal documents by what he referred to as a man in black type, who indicated that his ownership of the land was in question due to modifications he had made to the property, and the government would officially be taking control of his land. Oh, so now it's officially theirs. Yeah. Okay. Uh, basically, it was a lot of, like, he. they were saying, like, he was taking water and stuff like that from the river, which was illegal. The way he was doing it, like... Right, yeah. It's just Some all not... Legal mumbo-jumbo that they got him to jump through, I guess, yeah. or basically made the case for. Yeah. One of Water's neighbors got a hold of him days later and told him that they had seen a lot of large black vans outside of Mel's hole, or Mel's house, sorry, during the absence, and a dark-clad man had been ransacking the place for days. Water felt sure that there was also shady black ops agents around. As if things weren't bad enough for Waters, he had had officially presented with divorce papers, and even worse, diagnosed with esophageal cancer almost immediately afterwards. Ooh. He's had a bad run of it. Agents took his property, ransacked his house. His his wife's lawyer finally tracked him down. And served him. And served him after years. She's been trying to find him for years. Yeah, he's in Australia. Yeah. And then uh, he gets esophageal cancer. Man, that sucks. Now at the end of his proverbial rope, Waters once again uh, contracted the one sympathetic voice he could find. Art Bell. 
Art Bell. Yes. And in April of 2000, Wires once again spoke about his misadventures. He related... So before I continue reading, you imagine Art getting the call from Waters who had been talking about all the, the government stuff. He had told him that they had taken... The, like, he had taken the money and stuff like that and he was going away. Yeah. Nice. And then back. he comes back. I got esophageal cancer. I got divorced. They beat me up. They stole my molars. They took all my money. They killed all my wombats. <laughs> no. <laughs> Not the wombats on, on top of it all. I Man. All right. Come talk about it. Yeah. I'm just saying th- th- that's a heck of a jump. Yeah, it is. I got a magic hole. It all started from the magic hole. Mm-hmm. Why, my, the roller coaster of life. So Art Bell, he come on to speak about his misadventures. He related to his harrowing tale to inquisitioning masses. And he even recounted the story told to him by his old neighbors or, or, or referring to a huge Stonehenge-like monolith. They were once said to be hollowing the hole. So being surrounded in the hole. Wow. Okay. So his na- he's, keep in mind, this is his third time on Art Bell. And he's just now bringing up the monoliths that used to surround the hole that his old neighbor told him about. Wow. Just okay. saying. Yeah. That's interesting piece of information. You waited till the very end. Uh, yeah. Yeah. Could these alleged monoliths indicate the ancient practice of worship? Waters began believing that it was this, and it led him to the next leg of his fascinating journey. Mel Waters finds the second legendary hole. There's another. He finds another hole. Yeah. It, yeah. To be fair, it's it's kind of his thing now. It's yeah. He's the hole man. Yeah. Like Rain Man, but for holes. <laughs> oh, this is ridiculous. Hey, like Rain Man, but for you know holes. <laughs> you keep your you keep your opinions until the end. All right. All right, so Waters took it upon himself to research other mysterious holes throughout the world, and he managed to discover another amazingly strange pit, alleged to be on public land in Nevada, and a similar size and reputation to the Devil's Hole, which he had for a brief period owned. Waters had made a pilgrimage to Nevada, and once he had purportedly continued his research on these anomalous openings. It seems that Waters is able to make friends with the local Basquit people. I think it's how it's... Okay. I heard it uh, pronounced like the the rock, and I can't say the rock either. The rock. Yeah, there's a type of rock. Anyway, like a metamorphic rock. Oh, okay. Uh, I, but uh, basquet is the best I can get. Okay. But I've said, uh, like the Dean people. It was the Dina people. I, you know, I get Native American names wrong constantly. They're not easy. And it's not. It's yeah. It's not the English. We put the English language on Native American words. Right. Doesn't make sense. So people in the area took him to the sacred hole, which had been described exactly as being nine feet in diameter. But unlike the devil's hole, had a round aperture of a solid metallic collar sticking out of the ground to lip the gap. So they put a like a manhole cover over it. He wasn't sure. No. So like, remember the sleeve of concrete bricks? Right. From Mel's hole. Right. It's like that, but it was a metal tube. It's metal instead. And he wasn't sure what the material was. It was metallic like. He couldn't confirm it was metal or not. It could have been like obsidian. They don't know. Okay. I just was very metallic-like. He, this notch collar was eventually man-made, or evidently man-made, or at least intentionally designed, and rose about two feet above the pit. According to Waters, in my estimations, it could possibly be a locking collar, something that could be lowered into and locked into place. Mm-hmm. So it looks like it has pieces for things, other things to bolt up to it. Gotcha. Ancient aliens. Oh, no, 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 no. Oh, yeah. Giorgio. <laughs> okay. 
So does this mean this is a portal? Or what may be, or, or what will be me another possible Lovecraftian dimension or even hell itself? Ooh, okay. It is yet to be undiscovered. Okay. Sorry, where was I? So according to what, yeah. Yeah, seal laying around. So yeah, it's just out there. Or could it be a UFO where, you know, was parking, which occasionally are associated with these holes? The land for reasons, too, are nefarious to mention. If Waters knows, he's not talking. Waters did disclose, however, that he had dropped his toolbox into the collar to impact, or the, the impact didn't make a sound either. So he threw his toolbox in the hole. Didn't make a sound. It seems comparable to the lack of echoes such as the devil's hole, and there are some sort of strange sound-dampening device attached to the hole. We don't know. Mm. Okay. Waters also claimed the area around the collar was warm year-round, keeping nearby tents toasty in the winter. This, this village of people had built stuff all around this hole. Like, it was just a war, like this was a center, a religious center. He was also confirmed that the metal from which the collar was constructed descended into the interior of a pit as far as the eye could see. Okay. The experiments continue as the next one. So he's okay. So he's start. He's got some. He's got some experiments. He's gonna drop more lion down in there. It gets really weird. Do you have any questions or thoughts before I continue? Because every time we take a look into the hole, it gets weirder. Uh, yeah, I mean, you had your dead dogs coming back to life. You had just. I can beat the dead dog. Huh? I'm gonna. I can tell you. I can beat the dead dog story here in a second. Oh gosh, what dead horse? You won't even believe. His grandmother arose from the hole and. And he, uh, you got it. He married her. It was and, actually his wife. Oh, his dead wife? No, no his, his divorced wife came up oh, out of the hole. What, after he threw her in there, probably for serving no. him papers. All right, so the experiments continue. Bet MGM has an unreal deal for sports fans in Virginia. Turn $5 into $150 instantly when you place your first wager at Bet MGM. Simply download the Bet MGM app and sign up using code CHAMPION150. Then, Place a $5 wager on any sport. You'll receive $150 in bonus bets, regardless of your wager's outcome. And if you think the fun stops there, the king of sportsbooks has plenty of surprises in store. Check out daily promotions, same game parlays, live bets, and so much more. Download the app in Virginia today and get $150 in bonus bets instantly from your first wager. Only at BetMGM. BetMGM and GameSense remind you to play responsibly. See BetMGM.com for terms. 21 plus only. Virginia only. New customer offer. Subject to eligibility requirements. Rewards are non-withdrawable bonus bets that expire in seven days. Please gamble responsibly. Gambling problem? Call 1-800-GAMBLER. Promotional offer not available in Washington, D.C. The remote locale of the second Devil's Hole was said to be under surveillance by the Federal Bureau of Land Management, which is like... The U.S. Forestry Service. Yeah. People don't look at very hard. Yeah. But they do some weird, shady stuff. Do they? Yeah. Like what? We're not going to talk about. Okay. Other guys can talk about that. Another show. But just know, like, the U.S. Forest Service, for example, does weird, shady stuff with missing person cases. Okay. Really weird, shady stuff. Like cover-ups? Maybe. Okay. So, yeah. According to Waters, utilized both the Native American and members of the Basquit community for grazing sheep this land area. Waters later told Bell during uh, one of his five on-air interviews that Basquit claimed the hole had been there since their community had been founded in the 1800s. Waters petitioned the curiosity of the Basquit to help him in his continuing experiments regarding the nature of these holes, and they obliged him. Mm. Some of their tests had yielded results that are merely unusual. 
And one ended in the events of nothing short of absolutely horrifying. Oh, boy. All right. Let's get into them. The first experiment consists of lowering a bucket of store-bought ice approximately 15 feet down in the hole. When the bucket or, or, or the bucket returned topside, with the team right or when the team raised the bucket, they discovered that it had not melted at all. But that truly caught their attention is the fact that the ice was now warm to the touch, with a silica-like feel to it. And even more bizarre, it was actually became an extremely flammable substance. Okay. So it transmutated it. But it was still ice. It looked it looked like ice coming up out. And they're like, oh, that's weird. The ice is still there. Then they touched it. It did not feel like ice anymore. It was it silica. Was, and it was warm. It was warm. And it burned. Hot ice. They made hot ice. So no one could explain the chemical change of the ice. But one of the men bought the ice home, filled his wood stove with it. He claimed that the burning ice burned for three months and seemed to have strange parchment like like suction like sucking all the moisture out of the air around it uh he actually had to leave his cabin for a little bit because it was sucking all of the air out or wow. all the moisture out of the air dang okay by the end of the winter the wood stove had unexplainably plummeted through the floor of the man's shack into a, the five five feet into the ground soon the entire hut was said to be dissolving into a fine woody dust okay so hold on hold on hold on so he puts it in the stove it yes. burns for three months by the end of it, he had to leave his hut, first off, because he's like, it, it feels bad to be in here. Yeah. Like, my body is like... Because it's this isn't ice anymore. It's radioactive material he's burning. Oh, isotope. Uh, ice. Another kind of ice. Uh, and then his little wood stove falls into a five-foot hole it made. Yeah. And then the house disintegrates. It's dissolving because it's full of... He's burning radioactive waste. <laughs> I don't know if radioactive material actually burns. But that's a that's a good point. So according to Waters, a group of unidentified government-funded men and researchers quickly came to send it upon the, the, the dissolved shack and attempted to raise the sunken wood stove. The men employed heavy chains and construction equipment, but were unsuccessful until they filled the cavity above the, with the stove with water and concrete. So they said, okay, they couldn't get it up, they so they buried it. it. They're like, nobody's getting it. Yep, we're just going to bury it. Mm-hmm. Waters and other eyewitnesses claimed that upon contact with the water, the chains fused to the wooden stove, and the team was unable to lift it from its monstrous tomb. The stove was then swiftly secured uh, from a large truck and then stolen away from an undisclosed location later after the concrete had formed. Oh, so they dug it all up in one big chunk. Basically, yeah. They're like, okay, fill the pit with water, concrete it. We'll just drag it out and we'll get it out later. Like, okay. Because we'll they, they couldn't touch the thing. Right. All right. Ready for the worst thing ever? I guess so. I can't tell you. So we have radioactive ice. Yeah. We have, well, another hole, a dead dog coming back. Mm -hmm. The basquit people. Okay. So this was just called the poor sheep. Oh, no. While burning ice is questionably odd, the following experiment would have tested the limits of water's sanity in an act that must have been constructed as animal cruelty. Waters and his basquet cohorts decided that a live subject was necessary for the next test. So they quickly snagged a sheep from the many of the nearby flock and dragged it towards the hole. So the sheep I get it. I get it. Cause it's especially when experimenting, I would never experiment with live animals. Just not who I am. I couldn't do it. Yeah. Uh, but I've had to dissect animals, which were killed. Right. You know, humanely and stuff. So I guess that's, you know, that's just me being a hypocrite. Uh, 
but a live screaming sheep that is fighting for its life not to get near this hole. Yeah, and they're just dragging it towards it. Like, come on. In the hole. Yeah. In the hole. Basically. In the hole. And the basswood are chanting, in the hole. Yeah, because there's some devil cult. <laughs> Wait until you get... Oh, gosh. So, Waters claimed that the sheep became agitated when it approached the hole, much like the reaction of his own dogs in the sight of the first hole. The animal was petrified and was said to be stunned as it was shoved into a crate in order to subdue it. The men then began to lower the crate of the, with the poor creature in it as it descended. The animal had awoken during the ascent and was freaking the heck out. Yeah, I wonder why. So it went from being stunned to... Bah, bah, yeah. I wonder if that echoed. Oh! I hope. <laughs> so... What do you think happens? I just want to, I want your guess because you don't know very much about this hole. Well, since the ice transmutated into something else, I'm gonna assume this sheet probably met the same fate. But do you think it comes up cooked or what? I bet it comes up carbonized. Ooh, really good guess. So Waters confirmed that the beast began thrashing violently in its crate, making ungodly sounds that could only be described as shrieks of pure terror. The creature was promptly lowered into the depth of approximately 1,500 feet, at which point the sheep undulated and screams were eventually silenced. Oh, gosh. So they get it to 15, it's shaking and screaming, and then it all goes, whoop. Yeah, it's done. <laughs> That's, that was when metallic ream of the hole suddenly began to vibrate vigorously. Oh, because they offered it a living sacrifice. Waters and company no doubt started, or startled by this development, backed away from the pit, and allowed the unfortunate sheep to linger in the complete darkness of the cavity for no less than 30 minutes before they uh, they worked up the courage to hoist the creature oh, back to the surface. Gosh. So this pit just started, the metal ring in the pit just started vibrating. Gosh. Okay. Terror alone would have been enough to kill the poor beast. But when they cut the creature open uh, to do an impromptu autopsy. Oh, so it was dead. Okay, so yeah, let me let me step back. They get the thing up, and it is completely dead. Okay. It is like dead, Lifeless. Dead. Okay. Uh, yeah. So they were like, okay, we're going to do an autopsy. We're going to see. So they cut it open. The men found that the sheep looked like it had been completely cooked from the inside. Wow. The outside of the animal looked normal. The inside of the animal looked completely cooked. So radiation or something? Microwaves. Microwaves, okay. That's what, At least that's what that does. Right. <laughs> that's not all, though. As if the whole discur- this whole experiment wasn't discerning enough, Waters discovered a gelatinous, tumor-like glob in the sheep's internal organs, where they, or, or where the sheep's internal organs should have been. Waters removed the quote-unquote tumor. That's when things started to get really, really weird. Okay. That, I love this story because it just keeps stepping up. Just like the hole. It keeps getting deeper. Yeah. Some of the basquet men noticed the tumor seemed to be moving on its own accord, as if something was trying to push its way out from within. Oh, gosh. Water described the tumor needing to be cut open. So he interrupted, he, inter- he got a, <laughs> he made a guy do it. He's like, hey, you do it. So it released a creature. That Waters described that looked like a fetal seal connected to the tumor from inside the sheep with an umbilical cord. I hope this thing shortly died after. <laughs> nope. We'll get there. So he they get this sheep that's cooked. Right. But the outside's fine. The inside's cooked. They find this tumor. There's no internal organs anymore. Just a big tumor. Yeah. They cut open the tumor that's wiggling. 
and this giant, by giant, I'm relatively like cat-sized, seal fetus comes out. Waters went on to claim that the strange tumor seal had haunting human-like eyes, which it locked onto the experimenters. This has yet met an unclassified creature from the abyss, and its surface hosts stared at each other with stunned silence for the better part of... How long do you think these two, the humans and this creature, stared at each other? 30 seconds. Two hours. What? They were on the stare-off for two hours, frozen in place. I would have shot it within that time. There's some magical properties to it, so maybe it's holding them. We've talked about some of these creatures hypnotizing and hunting this way. Man, yeah, he really should have had a big rock on hand. (laughs) Then the sheep-born abomination apparently nodded an appreciation towards its captors. Got onto the the rim of the 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 hole and jumped back in. Oh my gosh! The men swiftly regained their their composure and hurled the trap, or hurled the tarp wrapped tumor and carcass into the depths of the hole. In case of being modified by biological anarchy, Waters felt that the seal-like beast was filled with compassion. Hmm. Okay. And he believes that his experiment was entirely a result of a total reminisce of his esophageal cancer. Okay. He felt the hole was like doing like it. it I. He felt the hole was mimicking his esophageal cancer, a tumor growing inside another thing. Okay. But sporting a new life. Hmm. Interesting. Yes. Was his was his tumor gone after this? Walter further assisted that the seal-like entity made regular visits to the Basquet shepherds had made camp near the hole and even began to be able to kind of communicate with the humans via portable radio. Sat the effort to record the creature's voice resulted only in a series of unintelligible static-like sounds. Hmm. Interesting. Yeah. The seal, I've seen it, I've seen it drawn. It looks like a guy in a seal fetus had a baby. It looks almost like a mermaid. Okay. But just skin. Gross. Just tumor. Yeah. It looked at him for two hours. Yeah, that's weird. It nodded, and in my head, it gave him a little wink. And did like a cool dive. It like did a, a backflip. Back, they said that in the story. I added the wink, but it did do a backflip <laughs> into the hole. Like a perfect dive. But it would come in back out, and it grew. Yeah. It got to the like normal seal size, pupil sized. It would talk to the shepherds via portable radio. Which means like telepathically, right? Like, yeah, it would talk to the, like, yeah, and it would talk through the radio. Oh, gotcha. Okay, now this is just, like you said, stranger and stranger. Oh, it gets weird. We haven't got to the weird part yet? <laughs> no. Oh, well, all right. Isn't this the weirdest thing you've ever heard? I'm telling you, it's just, it's personification of the whole. In, like I said, this is the skim version. Is this all, you're just going to tell me at the end this is all made up it's from a story? Like You will have to get to the end. So the next chapter is called Bulletproof Birds and Giant Black Beams. Okay. Strange, strange as the tumor seal may have been, Waters claimed that the locals also began noticing new species of incredibly bright plumaged birds that seemed to be making its home in the new hole. At least six specimens of bright red, blue, and black-beaked birds, which seemed to be quite charismatic as they were named quickly as sunbirds, and they had been seen orbiting the fathomless pit as the sheep since the sheep experiment. So they do this experiment in all kinds of quote-unquote new life. Starts circling the hole. Okay. So he kind of gets his wheels turning. Maybe he jump-started some stuff. Yeah. This, of course, begs the question, 
did the animal, the quote unquote animal sacrifice performed by Waters and the crew in the name of science unintentionally open a rift through which fauna and flora from another dimension can enter on their own accord. Furthermore, it may seem, presuming that uh, anything Waters claims to be true at all, then these other experiments is there. And if this does prove to be the case, how long before larger predators follow the birds through the opening? Perhaps this friendly visitor by the seal entity are soon to be followed by not-so-friendly visitors from something much larger in carnivorous. Well, don't be throwing any more animals into the hole. Mm. Waters publicly stated that he believes that the birds came from deep within the hole, and he claims that locals have already conceded that myths are, are the myth whether these birds were somewhere responsible for the sheep's death as well as the tumor that produced by the seal. A lot of locals are believing that this, the birds were at fault. So the birds like microwave the sheep and then attach this tumor inside? Yeah. Waters being more sure. scientifically inclined, attempted to shoot down the bird so he could dissect it. But oh. his efforts met fruitless. Why don't he just put a big net over the hole so when they come flying out, you catch them? I don't know. Come on. He said, so they claimed they would shoot these birds and nothing would happen. Yeah. He thought he was hitting them and nothing yeah. was happening. So when we start talking about, which we'll get to, more interdimensional stuff with this story, what if it is that they're kind of phasing in and out, they're not really here? They're not, yeah. Like the seal man. Although he didn't manage to shoot any birds, after a short tumbling of Avon anomaly, right itself, or righted itself and continued on his merry way, Waters later found two crumpled bullets below from where he had hit the birds. That led him to conclude that the birds were bulletproof. Waters also told Bell that the Nevada hole occasionally emitted... A, what is only described as a giant black beam of anti-light would shoot straight into the sky. Yeah, okay. This is scary. Every once in a while, he said it would just, it was like it was pitch black. Yeah. And it would make kind of like a deep rumbling noise. And then a beam of black light would shoot out of the hole for a couple minutes and then stop. So something demonic, like reaching up to the heavens. I don't know. That's scary. So, and then he said, uh, so he said, in the concentration, but the uh, but this black beam of light, okay, comes from the hole. It lasts a very short time, and it's always generally pointed up at the sky. It's like if you had a flashlight, but it was capable of throwing solid black shadows. Mm-hmm. He birthed the shadow people. Great. What What could I say to make this even crazier for you? Um... Mel grew to 15 feet tall, went on a rampage, and murdered half the small town. Now, murder. How interesting you brought up that. Charles Manson and the bottomless pit. Charles Manson? Yes. Yeah. Are you mad? Wait. Are you mad? Do you feel blame? Do you ask him which So, quote. That guy? From Revelations. And he opened the bottomless pit and the smoke of the pit arose, as the smoke was a great furnace, and the sun and the air were darkened within the smoke of the pit. Revelations 9-2. Some researchers also have noted that the second devil's hole bears a remarkable resemblance to the bottomless pit it is said to be located in Death Valley region, which Charles Manson and his notorious family mentioned numerous times in their trial. Hmm. Manson believed that during this, the catastrophic war, the family would be marked uh, from the bottomless pit. According to Manson, he had uh, his dune buggies in the family acquired, fitted <laughs> with machine gun mounts, 
where the men would drive and the girls would operate the guns, which was doubtful that Manson was referring to them as his devil hole, but he often did speak of a bottomless pit. There is a chance that he had stumbled across this during his time in his acid-fueled desert journeys. Yeah, probably. He was in the kind of the area yeah. that this for the second hole is reported to be in. And we know they had dune buggies. So there is a group of people that think that maybe he had encounters the hole and that may be what like some of his demonic stuff he was doing or him just going plumb crazy with him you cannot tell yeah and it also like i said it mentions it remarks some striking resemblances to the bombless pit in the bible right yeah just saying bad things so as we start wrapping up finding mel in his hole in the years that have followed water's revelations concerning the first devil's hole there has been tons of expeditions into the woods of the Mastache Ridge, or Manstache Ridge. But no one has ever managed to find this mythical pit, and Waters himself seems to be just as enigmatic. That you can't find it? He can't, you can't find him either. Oh, I see. Some say the government filled the hole when they were finished using it for whatever arcane purposes they had. Others suggest a a shed-like structure was erected over the site to hide it from prying eyes. There has also been... Some who feel aliens protect this space with some sort of cloaking device. And others who, understandably, are convinced they never existed at all. And the whole thing was made up by waters. Believers in the existence of Devil's Hole have proposed satellite images from Google Earth, which indicates a cover-up area. Uh, there is. There's a white block. We're in the Manstash Ridge. Okay. There is a giant white square it is blocked out from Google Earth. It is now, it's just now that big blob they do yep, instead. Right, yep. But when this was, article was written, it was a big white square. Hmm. It's probably where the hole is if it's real. Right, yeah. And it is right next to this testing ground. Skeptics counter, though, that this is just satellite photos are altered to protect the military training facility, which is right next door. Which is true. I mean, they're just right there. Yes. And they are always altered yes. all the time. So, yeah. I'm just saying they're, you know, playing that devil's advocate could be either. Right. Uh, we also want to add there is no official records of water ever living voting or owning property in this region which we know you can erase history yes they did with lazar yeah he wouldn't have had one newspaper clipping he nobody would believe him right uh, the fact is little evidence a man named mel ever existed at all mel waters ever existed of course in water admits bizarre tales are true and actually a top secret uh, government agency had just wiped them out to protect this geological anomaly which they do that 100 there was one tax record that did point that he did exist. Ooh, they so they slipped. They mm-hmm. didn't cover all. They didn't cover all the cracks. Now let's bounce back to Red Elk for a second, who had stated that he had seen several extremely large spaceships hovering around the Washington Hole repeatedly through his years of living there. Okay, never with great like oftenness, but they would happen through the occasionally. Decades. Yeah, and they were massive. Hmm. Uh, sorry. Hmm. So. Yeah, skipping ahead. And Waters also claimed these reptoids, these reptilians were using these holes to come to the surface of the earth, and they were actually getting picked up by ships. That was what Waters thinks. Not right, Waters, I'm sorry, Red Elk. I mean, it could make Which sense. Red Elk, to me, is a weird character in this story. Is he a Native American? He is, okay. but he's he's integrated himself into the Mel's story, and Mel and him never really talked about any of this. Mm, okay. So I don't know if he's one of these people that are grabbing on to a really growing story or if he really experiences. I don't know. Just it's saying, hard, it's, it's, hard, it's hard to tell in this stuff. Yeah. So Waters has largely been written off from the proverbial radar. But on June 28, 2011, a later from someone who claimed to be Waters was posted online 
on by the Whales in Space website. Ooh, Whales in Space. And the comments are reprinted as verbatim. Hello to all of you. This is Mel. I'm sorry I've been incon- or inconsequential for so long. But you see, I had to put my life back together after the experiences with the hole. I returned to Australia with my, to renew my efforts with my wombat refuges. And after finally receiving a large settlement from the BLM, the Bureau of Land Management, oh. I have not spoken about the hole or its properties in this last conversation of our, since my last conversation on Art Bell's show. As a part of the agreement with the U.S. government, I cannot, I can, however, discuss the general, the second hole I discovered in Nevada while living among the Bisquet people. Hmm. And he goes on. It's a big, long thing. I wondered, too, though, now, now that we're getting into. That's it. There, I, there are more stuff. There is more weird little stuff. Yeah. To me, it's just kind of spiraling out. It was already spiraling out. Right, yeah. But it even gets more it's kept getting weirder and weirder and more demonic. Well, just people claiming. I think it was with the internet. People started claiming to be Mel. Yeah. So I, I really didn't count anything after, like, the 2002-ish stuff. Yeah. Because it, it was such a long gap and people popping up being like, I'm Mel Waters. I'm Mel Waters. Right, yeah. It's, to tell the truth. Um, Woo! But I wonder if the... The, For not a researched episode, how was that? That was pretty intense. Um, the Bureau of Land Management, though. I didn't say they were bad. What I'm just saying, if they're knocking on your door, I think I'd rather the feds. Well, I wonder if they made the new, like the BLM movement. to So whenever hey. you search, no, I'm just saying, whenever you search BLM, it pops up that and not the Bureau of Land Management. So you're not actually uncovering what they may have been up to in the past how long is you know when did that become a a thing like a mainstream thing that group probably in the past like eight years or maybe, maybe that's too maybe I'm overshooting it a little bit but what if they were what if the Bureau of Land Management was up to something in that time and they use that group as like a cover so whenever you Google them or look them up it never comes up Bureau of Land Management hmm there might be some some meat on the bone there so let's get back to metal all right. Uh, what do you think? I know it's a lot. It's a lot. Uh, from the the magic properties of the first hole, which seemed to carry over into the second hole, for sure. And the second Mel one, Mel did write several other things talking about these. These are all around the world. Yeah, and he just happened to find the two that were kind of relatively close by each other. You know, we're talking thousands of miles apart, right? But relatively close by. And I bet you that if they're if they are around the world, they got to be underwater, under the oceans, and stuff like that too. So imagine what things are flying out of this. The blue holes. Remember the, the bl- lights going oh, in? Oh, yeah, that's right. hybrid beast. Mm-hmm. Mer people. See, what are, what's beneath our feet? We don't know. We don't know. There's there's no crust and mantle well, and core let's, wait, internet. Before, uh, let's reel it back. Yeah. What do you think about Mel? Oh, wait, what do you think about his story? Well, it, it sounds like, at least from the beginning, like it was all, like it, it happened. If there's record of him... You know, even if it's small, significance of him existing. If that spot was blocked out on the map, you know, on the GPS or whatever, the satellite imagery, um, there's little hints and nuggets of it being true and factual. But as it spirals out to the end, I bet you some of those claims are fabricated or, you know, uh, game of telephone, like someone telling it. So it could be maybe not as true, but from the beginning, it sounds like it was pretty legit i would like this all to be real yeah me too i think there was a hole big hole and that was it and that's 
that they just don't. It was a landfill. I think it was. A, I think it really was a mysteriously deep hole. Yeah, and they exist. Sure, and I think it could be a mantle tube or something like that. It was really crazy. I don't know. And or lava tubes can be really wild. Mm-hmm. And that he got on Art Bell and got extremely famous very quickly and ran with it. And I think personally, that's where the story started to evolve. There's very little proof of anything past the original, but other right. locals talk about it. Other right. people talk about it. People, the hole was known. They, uh, this was in the nineties when this was really interesting. People were talking about, you know, locals to the area are like, yeah, it's over on the ridge. You know, you just walk the ridge. You'll find it. Throw and, your, yeah. Throw your junk in there. That's what I do. Exactly. And I know what's, what is it? Washington or Oregon? Washington. Yeah. Yeah. They don't have that kind of accent whatsoever. But no, not at all. When you say mountains, it's just what we think of here in Ohio. Mountain folk. Mm-hmm. Hey, down the hole. The hole. I just personally think that he was an amazing storyteller and wrote one of the best fictions ever from fact. Hmm. I, I just, I, once the seal winked and flipped back into the hole, and I know I added the wink. <laughs> I know. But it nodded at him. He claimed it nodded at him. It seemed it was full of compassion and did a backflip into the hole. That was what he said. I know I added the wink, did but the wink flip. is not the weirdest part of that thing. No, not at all. At all. And it probably been the only normal part. It's like, oh, he winked. It had a, hu- a human face. Yeah. And a fetal seal mermaid body. And so, it would come and visit and talk to the radio. So it's... <laughs> That, he said that. Right, yeah. So it's either a very fantastical story or it's where uh, uh, Satan lives. Now, I do want to say, let's say it is real. Yeah. Let's say these are real. And I think there's probably a, a 20% chance they are. Yeah. I'd say 80% that the original hole was real, but it was just a hole, right? A really big hole, but a hole. Is it a portal to hell? Sure sounds like it. Or a really bad dimension. Right. I can't remember what the movie was where the ship had accidentally transported to like the hell dimension and came back and everybody was possessed. Gosh, I don't know, but it was a really good movie and ghost ship. No, it was like a spaceship. It was a spaceship had, Oh, had transported on accident to another dimension with a new type of drive, like a new type of engine, new hyper drive. And it was bad. Didn't go well. They Uh, went into a, so what if that's what this is, is these actual openings to a different dimension that manifest as a whole. The reason they don't, they're not actually bottomless. But the reason that you're throwing stuff in them and it doesn't go anywhere is because it's actually popping out somewhere else. Right, and then they're mad because they're just trying to, you know, take care of their space. It's probably in someone's home. It's probably being disintegrated because they radioactively melted a sheep and made a seal come out of it. <laughs> well, that's just the byproducts of moving from one dimension to the other. Yeah, so I think the trash ain't making that trip. Oh, well, maybe it does. I don't know. Maybe bio- non-biological things do. So now this guy has like a garage full of junk and crap. And he's like, send the seal man. He'll stop it. Send the tumor seals. Yeah, send the tumor seals. Send the, the demon lights out. Maybe that'll stop him for a second. But I could see it being portals. And just the amount of odd paranormal activity around them. It's a lot. So, But we do see that with portal areas where it's a hodgepodge of stuff. Right. And But to me, I just I personally think that there was a lot that kept adding but I don't know. Maybe the government really did just screw this guy. I mean, it wouldn't be past the government. 
I mean, we've talked about other people that have gotten their lives ruined. What if this is the place where whatever entities are creating these gray aliens and stuff, this is one of their underground facilities? That could be. Or if we want to go even uh, that it was, they he accidentally, let's say the, it was a cavern open to a, a dumb. Yeah. A deep underground mar- military base. And that's why it was so deep. And they didn't know about it. Like it was on the back, like it collapsed. Right, basically. yeah. And the, that's where the government got involved. Was because like, it was like crap. Yeah, before they keep dumping all their stuff down there. Yeah. Our lab's filled with old refrigerators and... You imagine being in the lab and you just hear thunk upstairs. <laughs> yeah. What the hell was that? We're, we're 200 huh? feet underground. Right, yeah. What? That would be freaky. Or you see a little fishing line pop down with a roll of Mentos on the end. Like, do, do, Start licking them. Do we eat those? Like gift? Yeah. <laughs> uh, another one, another thought I've seen posted a lot on the internet was the government just wanted it for dumping radioactive materials. Yeah, that could be too. And that's what the other one was. Yeah. Uh, that he discovered was an older radioactive material dump. And a lot of the stuff, like you, you made the joke about the ice coming up radioactive. It yeah. may not have been a joke. It might, yeah. Where they was, because they, they did this. They literally dug giant holes for a long time to dump radioactive materials. Gosh. Uh, for example, the super site, the uh, EPA super site in Ohio, is where they did the same thing. And it was just, radioactive materials they were dumping under the water table and it got oh. bad oh yeah what well, you think so what if that's what these people end up shut like setting up the bureau of land management you know stuff you know where they're crazy was one of these holes like where it. they were literally dumping right that case he was describing does sound very similar to a borehole casing because they interlock with each other right yeah so what if that's just an old radioactive hole they may have been having radioactive hallucinations being this close to it oh the seal I don't think it was real if it that, yeah. that's the case. So, I think they were maybe not getting high, but their brains were actively melting right. being too close to this hole. And they, they're watching, you know, he's staring at it for two hours. It's He's literally like looking at a bush, you know, something crazy mm-hmm. or not crazy, but he thinks it is. And it just backs up to the hole. So gives them a nod, tip to tat, does a double backflip, uh, you know, right into the hole and gone. Not a hallucination at all. Very real. I don't know. If you had to give percentages, what would you give? Then we'll go because this is a long episode. Of whether it being real or not? Yeah. If it's all real, half real, not real, what would be your percentages? I'm almost going the 50 50 route. Like, I think there's some nuggets of it being real, the whole, you know, in general, but some of the stories maybe a little. Uh, Even for us? Exaggerated. Yeah. Yeah. Even for us, I think I'm going there too. I think, I I think there is uh, there is core to this. I do think the government got involved. I think, yeah, I don't know why, but whatever it's covering up or whatever yeah. it's for, yeah, I could see like like because they talk about these dumbs out out in the national forest and stuff all the time, yeah. And what if this literally a cave in one of their old ones? And they're like, the last thing we need is somebody to look in it, right? Yeah. And then it's like, oh, there's a house down here. It's enough. They're dropping all their garbage down here. Yeah. Mm-hmm. Send a guy down. That's the last thing they need. And for the dumb aspect. Old volcanic tubes yeah. would have been perfect because they're already carved out and they're strong. True, yeah. They don't cave in very often. They last forever in, ge- in geology. Man, why didn't someone just rope themselves up and rappel down there? Because the dog came back alive. We don't know. They didn't know at the first hole, and you don't want to birth a seal. Well, yeah, I know, but on the second half. <laughs> Where's the GoPros back then? The 90s. Come on. They got something. Yeah, and they had those giant uh, camcorders. It was a live sheep. <laughs> that can't record nothing. Well, it did. It recorded a seal. Well, it brought it back. I have been the great and powerful mystery. 
and I've been Jay Clone uh, something. <laughs> we forgot remember. you got your memory race because of a seal. It, it went. My memory went in the hole. Maybe that'll be a, the summer Patreon shirt. Me in the hole? No, the the tumor seal. Oh, doing a backflip into the hole. Wink. Give it a little, yeah, a little wink. wink. Tip of the hat. Got to have a funny hat. All on. right, guys. Bye. Bye. Thank you for listening to Crips of the Corn podcast. Please share with a friend you think would like us. It's the best way to help our show grow. Leave a comment, rate us, a five-star review. And remember, there is always extra content on Patreon slash com. And don't forget, stay magical. Bet MGM has an unreal deal for sports fans in Virginia. Turn $5 into $150 instantly when you place your first wager at Bet MGM. Simply download the Bet MGM app and sign up using code CHAMPION150. Then, place a $5 wager on any sport. You'll receive $150 in bonus bets, regardless of your wager's outcome. And if you think the fun stops there, the king of sportsbooks has plenty of surprises in store. Check out daily promotions, same game parlays, live bets, and so much more. Download the app in Virginia today and get $150 in bonus bets instantly from your first wager only at BetMGM. BetMGM and GameSense remind you to play responsibly. See BetMGM.com for terms. 21 plus only. Virginia only. New customer offer. Subject to eligibility requirements. Rewards are non-withdrawable bonus bets that expire in seven days. Please gamble responsibly. Gambling problem? Call 1-800-GAMBLER. Promotional offer not available in Washington, D.C.